You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Masterclass. A masterclass on the art of forgiveness. And I can already predict we're not going to have enough time to get through this conversation. But also, we might not walk out with all of the answers. But let me introduce our guests to you. We have clinical psychologist Leanne Lurie, who joins us, not a stranger to the station. Pastor Archie Bilangulu, who's a pastor at 3C Church, as well as Savia Saki Das Prabhu, who is a monk. And I thought, why don't we have three? completely different views but of course everybody is open to be a part of this conversation as we pick up on forgiveness and feel free at any moment to give us a call maybe you want to hear from the pastor to say you know there's this thing I'm struggling with this verse on forgiveness help me translate it into real life or maybe you want to ask from Leanne Lurie to say as a clinical psychologist how do I process this or you'd like to ask from a monk who has had to make certain sacrifices and life choices about how to deal with something to do with forgiveness. Now, Leanne and Pastor, your titles are very obvious. Let's first find out from Savia Saiki. As a monk, what does that mean in terms of the, the practice or the belief system you follow? And just in summary, what did you have to give up to become a monk? Afternoon to all the listeners. Being a monk uh, means acknowledging uh, that one is going through suffering in this world and one wants to deal with that. Mm. On a personal level, um, like anyone else, wanted to enjoy my life. And I was looking for a way where I can be happy without being caught up with the backlash that comes from some of the things that we do for happiness. Mm. So I joined a monastery in Pretoria and part of that lifestyle was to free me from some of these activities that cause harm, namely illicit sex, gambling, intoxication, mm. and uh, meat eating. Mm. So I had to adjust to that lifestyle, which allows me a sense of control mm-hmm. on my mind and senses. And in that way, I can sacrifice my time and energy for assisting others on this journey of life. Now, the reality is there are many black monks out there and we won't have time today to get into it. I actually just by coincidence um, had interviewed you on my talk show Unpacked. It's on my YouTube channel and then you can get the entire story of how this young black man found himself being a monk. So I'm going to start around the table, Leanne, from a clinical psychologist perspective. What is forgiveness? So I think that the definition of forgiveness is different for different people. Mm. And I don't want to give a generalized statement which lands up being quite prescriptive. Yes. Forgiveness is not necessarily about coming to accept what has happened or to make peace with what has happened. Yes. Forgiveness for some people may be about detaching themselves from the emotions associated with an event, Mm. consider the impact the event has had on them or their family or those close to them, and then deciding how they want to move forward. Mm. And also for them to look at are the emotions that they're carrying, are they holding them back Mm. or are they necessary right now to process to allow them to heal in their own way. Mm. I think the difficulty for people with forgiveness is that very often they believe that it's contingent upon somebody else saying sorry. Mm. 
and so often we don't we don't mm. get that and i think you hit such an important point um is is um i've heard one of the most difficult things to do in this life is accepting the po- apology that you never get mm. and i and i love what you're saying about it being non-prescriptive because um for some people, like you said, it's the making peace or just, okay, this is what it is. But I'm going to come back to something that maybe from a psychology point of view, you can break it down for me. Pastor, let me come to you. Last week when we were talking about forgiveness, did not everybody quote the Bible? And then they're like, you are lying. God didn't say that. So I'm like, they, you know, there is, of course, the 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 perspective of the bible says but then there's the interpretation and even when you can quote every verse come time now where you have to practice forgiveness it's a whole other story so from your side not just what the bible says what you have lived what is forgiveness no thank you so very much uh, and uh, good afternoon to all the listeners yeah forgiveness in simple terms is is to forgive the prisoner but ultimately realizing that actually you've set yourself free. Mm. Um, that's the power that I really believe one needs to gain is understanding that there's nothing you can do. As much as person can offend you or violate you mm. or abuse you, at the end of the day, you understand that you're the, you're, you have the ball in your court. You can't control mm. what another person can do for you, mm. against you, but you can control how you respond. Now, that's, that's, that's the ultimate power in gaining the power back because we can't control what happens around us. Mm. But we can't control how we respond ultimately. But sometimes revenge just looks so nice. That idea of like, let me get you back. You know? Like, like you know? <laughs> so what, what would you say? And, and I'm sure there are, are, are many moments that are mentioned in scripture and in biblical teachings regarding vengeance. And I will come to you, Leanne, yeah. about that because, you know, just listening to the previous guests where I'm like, there's that part of me that's like, am I going to wait for the minister if I've been gang raped when I know who they are? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm calling my people. I'm handing them over to the community. See, forgiveness is, a, is, a, is really a process of acknowledging what has happened. It's not dismissing what has happened. And I love exactly what Leanne said. But at the same time, it's also understanding that at some point you need to set yourself free because many people are really locked in into that and they never move. Your life literally goes on pause because of this issue or this offense against mm. you. But what is critical, actually forgiveness, to take it even further, it's actually even restoring the person. Takes it even further. Now, not because restoring they deserve the it. Person. Not because Yo. they deserve it. But because you deserve closure. You deserve the happiness. They're not. It's not incumbent upon them. It's incumbent upon you to I'm make gonna, sure. I'm going to come back to you on that restoring thing. I'm, I need to challenge this whole thing. But I want to come um, um, to you, Savia Sakidas, just in terms of from your principles and the teachings that you've received, what is your understanding of forgiveness? Forgiveness uh, is a very lofty quality. It's an ornament of one who has become spiritually evolved. Mm. Generally, we are struggling with it because we have not been sufficiently trained in the understanding of the power of forgiveness. Mm. And so the masses of people are... It's not easy to go through that because 
what we are looking for is to get revenge as you mentioned yes. we're seeing the perpetrator and we want to give double or triple what they gave to us mm. so it is said just like someone who's holding a burning coal mm. in their hand if you're not forgiving of an offense to you you are maintaining that coal within your hand and who mm. does it burn it burns you mm. but to come to that platform where you can actually let go of what is causing you the pain one has to understand the dynamics of what action and reaction mean. Hmm. There are things in life that come to us without being asked for. Sometimes I just landed today and I get Mongezi's call, come to the show. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't scream and shout, why, why? You know, oh, this is fantastic, let's converse. Yes. Sometimes I may be walking out and slip and break my leg. Hmm. I don't invite that, but somehow or the other, the dynamics of action and reaction bring about events in our lives. So to come to this consciousness of being able to forgive, we really need uh, to be educated and sort of guided to understand all the components that, that come with being in this world. And certainly when we're violated, it's very difficult to process mm. what to speak of forgiving. Oh, double one double eight three oh seven oh two. Uh, give us a call and the WhatsApp line oh seven two seven oh two one seven oh two. I'm seeing so many of you already responding um, with recommendations of books. How you feel about forgiveness? Uh, we will continue with this masterclass. 702 Masterclass And we are in this masterclass We have a pastor, we have a clinical psychologist We have a monk But if you happen to be anything else Be it a rabbi or just a South African 011830702 The WhatsApp line 0727021702 So we started off asking What is forgiveness? Now, um, Leanne, I want to come to you Because I know there was something you wanted to say And, and each each of you kind of touched on it. And I remember hearing, I think it was on the Oprah Winfrey show, that when you don't forgive, it's like drinking poison, but expecting the other person to die. Mm -hmm. So from the clinical perspective, and this is why in, in between I said I'm going to fight with all of you. <laughs> just and Talk to me about what the process is. Because I just said I'm actually very angry about a lot of things that actually aren't even... On it happening in my life about other people, I'm angry. So if we were to, you know, we've got the stages of grief. What are the what are the stages of forgiveness? When do you know where you've really reached the part of forgiveness? Because it is possible to say, you know, I've forgiven my father for abusing my mom. We have a relationship, but then one day something triggers you, and then jiggy jiggy, this guy, you know, things have changed. So I'd like to answer your question first by starting with a story. Mm. So I, I watched a phenomenal podcast um, by TED Talks Yes, about a father whose son at 19 years old was killed by a, 40, by a 14 year old boy. Wow. And how, you know, through his mourning and his devastation, he said he used to, he used to meditate. And the meditation brought him a spark of clarity where he decided that it was important for him to understand the context in which that violence had been perpetrated, the context in which his son had tragically lost his life. Mm. And he found out about the history and the background 
of this teenager. And in so doing, he actually developed empathy and compassion and a curiosity about his life. Now, I'm not saying that all people are capable of doing that or this is how you should, mm. you know, you should, you should go on the path to forgiveness. But I think it shows the huge courage involved in the process. You know, Pastor, you said something that if we can transform somebody else, we put our energy into that, uh-huh. that that's so part of forgiveness. Because what uh, uh, he said, restore, restore. and we're going to address okay. no, we, okay, we'll this do it, issue okay. of restore. It's a synonym but, at this moment. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so what, but what this father did was he partnered with the grandfather of this teenager who'd been actually fathering him. Hmm. And they've developed programs and they go into schools in the States and they create spaces of empathy and compassion and teach an alternative way of being that is a non-violence approach. And he said that when his son's perpetrator is released from prison, he's going to join them as well. And I'm glad you're mentioning that story because we have the story of the woman whose daughter was murdered um, just towards the end of apartheid in Cape Town, the American woman. Now, again, the name has gone out my head, but she ended up getting these two young boys' story and they've joined her foundation and she says she loves them like her sons. And another, um, 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 you know, there's so many of these stories where a person goes completely out of their way to go not only to forgive, but to then restore. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you were saying before okay. we come to address this restore issue, yes. Okay. So look, as with the stages of grief, we cannot be prescriptive in terms of the way in which a person should forgive and the stages that they go through, because you're going to cycle back and forth between them. Mm. Also, depending on the level of trauma that you're carrying or the extent to which that event has impacted on your life. Mm. So. As everyone has said, it's important to, for you to acknowledge the pain, to acknowledge that something like important and significant has changed your life or changed your relationship with someone or something. You then need to perhaps consider whether you're in a space to walk the journey of forgiveness. And if you're not, to then, you know, to then introspect and think, well, what is the work I actually need to do? Mm. before I get there. So the example, the story you shared involved the person getting information which allowed them empathy, right? Mm. But some scenarios, that isn't there. No. You, where, where you can't go, oh, I understand. He, he didn't have a father. It was a violent background. He actually, you, some situations, that is not right. there. And mm. not only is it not there, you need to grieve a child whose body is never found. So not only do you not have um, the the remorse, the apology, you don't have the explanation, you don't know what, hap- what happened. So what is walking a journey of forgiveness where you can't do those parts? So what you've spoken about is so important because very often in trying to rationalize a tragedy or rationalize something that has happened to us or to our loved ones, you know, we seek answers, but in the process, someone may accuse us of then making excuses for the perpetrator's behavior. Mm. And no excuse will ever bring their loved one back or justify what has happened. Mm. Mm. And so, you know, for, for some individuals, the process becomes around celebrating, for example, the life of the person they lost. 
trying to find new energy to transform what has happened into something good. But for other people, they need to go through years of therapy, of their own kind of healing process, where they learn to accept what has happened. But to remember that acceptance is not the same as approving Mm. That's about, you know, that something has happened. So, for example, you may, like you mentioned the example of being abused by, by your father. Mm. So you may accept that it's happened. You don't, you don't approve of it. But what it does is it allows the two of you to then have a relationship. It may not be the kind of relationship it would have been had the abuse not been perpetrated. Mm. But it's a relationship nonetheless. Mm. So, in, in essence... You can forgive somebody, but forgiving them doesn't mean you have to continue the relationship. You can forgive them and literally say, I choose not to continue having you in my life in whatever capacity that is. Um, and forgiveness um, doesn't just look like, like what you said is it's different for everybody. And you may, because I'm the person who's the intellectual, I needed to make sense to go, okay, okay, I forgive you. But if I didn't get all of that, I struggled to sit in the feelings and to process the forgiveness where it does not make sense because it does not make sense to me why a grown man would rape a child. Absolutely it does not, not make, there's so many things that don't make sense. And that's what makes me struggle is the processing of emotions while removing the, the brain part, the thinking part, the intellectual part. Okay, we need to go to the news. When I come back, I need to ask our monk that when you are at a, if you are at a certain level spiritually, do, does it become easier? Like as in, if you poke the Dalai Lama enough, is he going to punch you? We need to know about that. Then I need to address this issue of restore because I'm concerned. It's 2.30. 702 Masterclass And we continue with our Masterclass The Art of Forgiveness The lines are open 011-883-0702 And the WhatsApp line 072 I'm going to ask one or two more questions But I'd love to allow for your calls And your voice notes Because so many of us are sitting with that poison inside of us and we aren't healing for many many reasons the big big national ones but also the small ones where we are just suffering quietly inside we have the assistance of leanne luria clinical psychologist pastor arch archie bilangulu at 3c church as well as the monk that is savia saki das prabhu now uh savia saki das i was asking before you know, we went to the news that when you reach certain levels spiritually, because you have really made certain sacrifices, there are reasons and, 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 and all of you can go and read up about it or maybe we'll have a master class another day on what being a monk entails. Those sacrifices all go, go towards, if I could, can't um, word it even better, elevating you sp to your higher spiritual self. So the higher you go, does it become easier to forgive? Like, how many times can I kick you until now the human in you is like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it's an important question to ask um, because we want to become capable of such a thing as forgiveness. It starts basically with education. Uh, say Krishna in Bhagavad Gita gives an understanding that this world we live in is a place where there is danger and difficulty at every step. Mm. That it is a place where at all times there's some miseries that are coming either from your mind or your body. Mm. Miseries coming from other living beings, 
and miseries that are coming from nature. It's too hot, it's too cold. So that knowledge allows one first to understand I'm in a place which is designed to give me difficulties. Mm. And therefore then Krishna advises something that one has to learn to tolerate happiness and distress because they are impermanent. They come and go just like the summer seasons. And they're due only to our sense perception. We're experiencing all these things. So the advice is that we are not this material body and mind. These are our tools to function in this dimension. But we have to go to the identity, the soul. The spirit is non-material and therefore it is looking for non-material experiences in this material place. Mm. So without proper knowledge of what's going on around me, it's very difficult to factor in all the things that we don't want that keep happening. Mm. So by cultivating knowledge, then one lives in that knowledge and then one gains a, a tolerance of either so-called good or bad, knowing all of them to be temporary phenomena. And then higher than that, one is experiencing themselves and is able to take in the world and the people around him or her with that divine vision of who they are and how they are similarly incarcerated in, in this world. So these dynamics of knowledge, understanding, for example, in traffic, sometimes we put people in a difficult space and they hoot. Next time someone puts you in a difficult spot, uh, if you are sort of sitting comfortably within yourself, you can recall that I also put others in a mm. difficulty. And therefore you tolerate them, you don't fight back. Mm. Uh, so it is a practice to live in the understanding of being a spiritual being, to understand that to err is human, mm. to understand that everyone is being pushed by certain vices they've picked up, like we're mentioning this idea of gender-based violence or so mm. anger, mm. this idea of raping women, mm. lust. These are actual enemies that are hounding everyone. So to understand that space that we all live in. So all of these help one to better tolerate or become able to forgive. Mm. Pastor, what are your thoughts on what our dear monk is saying, I think you dropped some serious bars there just about the fact that we are spiritual beings needing to learn to live in a material world. That's why it's very important. And I like what he said, because you must understand that what is happening in your emotions, emotions and you want vengeance because you want a sense of, well, I have to get my revenge. But oh, many also, people, you must be punished for the you must bad be punished, thing you did. Yes. But many people have found that even on the other side of actually now getting vengeance or getting some sort of, of justice, that this is still sits in your mind, that it does not actually bring about the healing that you need. Hmm. And that's why when you read in the scriptures, that's why in, even when we're in high school or primary school, we would do the Lord's Prayer. Mm. Say, Lord, I forgive those who have trespassed against me. Yes. And we think it's just a commandment, but that's actually a commandment with a benefit. God is thinking you need to benefit mm. from this because if you hold on to it, well, then it means that then you justify and you think that, well, you deserve to hold somebody prisoner 
but actually at the same time you are the biggest prisoner you're the one that's not 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 free now you're thinking i will never forgive you mm. i'll never forgive you and you're thinking that whole time like you said like oprah said but actually you are the one who's sipping on the nice cup of poison mm. and what happens it begins to eat you up that's why people's lives don't move you move on you mean you meet somebody says i remember what you did to me mm. in 1994 and you're thinking, goodness, goodness gracious, it's been almost 30 years. Mm. Why? People are stuck. And people have to get out of that prison. It's a prison people need to get out of. There's somebody right now who's still upset over somebody that they did to them on the mic one. And yes. you're still holding on to that. And what happens is, because that person you most probably are not going to see ever again, mm. you take it on the next. It's the poison that's already now infiltrated and taken over your soul. And, and I agree with you because I still remember that woman at the McDonald's drive-thru who hooted <laughs> at me for no reason when I was enjoying my Janelle Monet and I was chilling in the car. And, you know, so it, and I'm glad you're mentioning that about being angry at the guy on the, on the mic one, right? And I'm going to come back to restoration. But Leanne, I want to ask, why do the little things bother us so much? Is it because... The, the, the carpet of big things swept under is so high. You know, I think if we contextualize this and we look at what our lives have been for two or more years, we've been locked in. People have lost family members. You know, was the vaccine rollout fast enough? Mm. Um, the cost of living has gone up. There's huge financial pressures. The, the, the suicide rate mm. has gone up. You know, families being split apart, that's gone up. And so I think we are, I think we're under pressure and I, I think emotionally and physically. And so when you carry, I think, all that anger and all that rage and that frustration of why me, but you don't have a sufficient outlet or you don't have a sufficient answer that's going to satisfy you, your narrative becomes that of a victim. Mm, mm. And very often that's very powerful. And you, you, you're a little bit remiss to let go of it because it keeps people in your corner, people that are similarly grumpy and angry. Because misery loves company. Exactly, and you, and you feed each other. Yes. And then you become the belligerent or cantankerous person that snaps at everything. Maybe the teller at pick and pay didn't pack your groceries exactly how you wanted them mm. to be. Or maybe the taxi cut in front of you. Oh, the petrol attendant put that extra one cent and then he charged you <laughs> on the credit card, but you said 300. Yeah. You know? And I think, you know what? It's not, it's not the event that often makes us angry. It's our perception of how it should have been. Oh, okay. That's powerful. The part about perception. Past that, what, restore, what does that mean? Restoration. Restoration, you see, it's, it's, it's understandable. Remember, out of the heart flows the issues of life. Mm. If your heart is wrong, even when love is spoken to you, you can't because your point of departure is hurt. So when we speak of restoration is to make sure that you go back to that place where your heart is open. It doesn't mean you are naive or just a pushover. What that means is you understand that there are certain things that are beyond your control. Mm. But at the same time, understanding that I need myself to be healthy. I need my heart to be healthy. And that's why you have this, this, this sort of backlash where people will experience one trauma and then something similar just triggers. Why? Mm. Because you haven't moved. 
you're actually still stuck in that moment. And I love this movie that I watched by Tom Cruise where he goes back every single time trying to fix something, but they can't get it right. Why? Mm. Because they stuck in that particular time. Listen, I'm, I'm about that move. John Wick life. <laughs> oh, you killed my dog. I'm going to kill, follow everybody. But I get what you're saying about the part. It's almost like you're not going back to the blank canvas, but you're making the canvas available again for a new painting. Absolutely. And that's where restoration comes. People don't understand. At the time when you're feeling it, it is real. You can taste it. Yes. You can feel the emotion. But you see, it comes back to knowledge. And that's why you have to train yourself. It's a process. Forgiveness is a process. Yes. To train yourself. And have, and what I want to use as a word is a predetermined conviction to say, this is going to happen. It's inevitable. It's going to come. But when it does come, am I ready to face it? Some small, some big. Some is a quicker process, others a longer process. Mm. But the truth to power is understanding that you need to make sure that your heart your heart, your heart above everything else is restored. Guys, I feel attacked by these three guests. They're all <laughs> speaking things I need to hear. But we see all your calls, Khumuto and Rebecca. We're going to take them in a moment. Let's take a quick break. And it is the last 10 minutes of the Masterclass, O double one double eight three O seven O two, and the WhatsApp line, O seven two seven O two one seven O two. I'm going to ask all of the callers to be brief, as well as our guests, as brief as you can be with the little time that we have. But we're going to kick off with a question for the pastor, which says... If the Bible says we are made in God's image and God is vengeful, i.e. Noah's floods and Egyptian firstborns killed, then why must humans forgive? Thank you so much. Um, I think what's critical here that I need this, the, the listener to, to realize is that they're referring to an, a different part, a, dis, a different dispensation even in the Bible. Yes. Because that's what they're referring to. And we get into a New Testament, it's a different dispensation where it speaks about grace. Does it mean God or Chanchili? No, it doesn't mean he hasn't changed. It means that there's a different, there's a, there's a different price that has been paid for mankind oh. in terms of redemption. Yes. There was no redemption. Then it was the law. It's either you did the law or you died. Yes. But the New Testament, it speaks on a, different, on a different note. It's like, yes, you've sinned. We all have sinned. But you know what? There is an opportunity for you to, 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 to repent. There's an opportunity for you to say, God, forgive me, or to even forgive the person that has, that has, that has, that has wronged you in some way. And just, like just for clarity, because the listeners were arguing last week, what is the quote or the scripture where they say forgive people as? Because one listener said, no, if you don't forgive people, God doesn't forgive you. And then another one said, no, forgive as God forgives you. But then they're like, but what if God doesn't forgive you? Then must you just please just clarify. I actually said a little bit earlier for those yes. who were not listening. We, we always love to quote John 3 verse 16. Yes. For God so loved. What's the word there? The operative word there is love. Yes. And what's important, what goes into that, and then it says, what? Forgive those who trespass against you, which means forgive those who wrong you. What? Just as I have forgiven you. So God is saying, you might forfeit forgiveness from me because you think you're entitled not to forgive somebody. Mm. So it's actually in the Bible. So God forgives. So the person that said previously that, well, God was vengeful, that was a God where there was no grace dispensation. We live in a mm. different dispensation altogether. Now we're talking about forgive those as I have forgiven you. So God has forgiven us. For God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? His only son. Thank you. 
Hallelujah. All right, let's go to the lines. Khumuto in Randburg, go ahead. Hi, William Khile and your guest. Um, I have to say I absolutely agree with everything that they have said so far. Mm. I'll be very brief. So my son passed away in a car accident. I'm so sorry. And um, Thank you. And the person who was driving, um, I came to understand that they were very reckless. But the hardest thing for me was that they lied about how the accident happened. Right. Mm. Um, but in reflecting about my story and my journey of loss, you know, and forgiveness is that, you know, forgiving the person for me really helped me to focus on my very necessary journey of one, accepting the loss of my son and learning to pick up the pieces, mm. you know. I'm a, I'm a believer. Um, and um, it also helped me to focus on God because, you know, at the end of the day, though my son died in a car accident at the hand of somebody else's reckless behavior, I believe that, you know, God allowed for the accident to happen. And only he um, would be able to deal with, you know, my my restitution, which I felt like I needed, and Mm. also the justice, you know, about what happened. Mm. Um, Because, you know, sometimes I feel like we focus on the how the person passed and less on the truth that we are all here for a very short space of time, you know. So I had to learn to forgive the person. And I had to learn to forgive the day that the accident happened because, you know, otherwise it continued to haunt me. So every year when that day came, I was a mess. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Komoto and Randberg. We're going to have to leave it there. I'm going to do my best to get through everybody. Then we get feedback from our guest, Rebecca in Newlands. Go ahead. Hi, Rafina and your guest. I told you earlier when I had a topic again, I just wanted to share... Um, you know, from my perspective, working with, with women, it's also affected for gender-based violence. Uh, it is important for them to, to have perspective and also to understand that, that forgiveness should actually be embraced as a value for you, mm. for mm. you to move forward. Uh, because I, it's so difficult if you, if you don't make it part of, of who you are, if you don't become that forgiveness for, for you to move forward. And also for you to have perspective and see everything as a whole. You know, take the situation into consideration, take into consideration what was in your control and out of your control. And also forgive yourself in the process. You're, you are hitting the nail on the head there, Rebecca, because we didn't even get to the part of forgiving self, which last time I shared, I feel is the hardest of, of forgivenesses. Thank you for your call. And in Santon, keep it short and sharp, please. Hi, uh-huh, okay. I would like to just uh, explain that I lost my son when he was two years old. Mm. And I was very young and I had the most incredible spiritual experience Mm. that I felt deeply that he was with God. Mm. It didn't negate the grief process at all. But it's given me comfort throughout my life that I know where he is. Hmm. But um, a few years later, I got a phone call saying that my father was missing. They discovered his body in a park Hmm. where he had taken a walk 
and he had been mugged and stabbed through the heart. Mm. He was left with nothing but his underpants on. Mm. I had an extremely spiritual experience once again where I just, I cannot explain it, but I can't, but I forgave the people that did it so much so that I did not even go to the court case mm. because I felt what a useless thing for me to do. And in Santon, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yo, the time. Let me start with yourself, uh, Savia Saki does, um, just in less than 30 seconds, just in summary of the conversation, but also maybe to respond to any of the calls. Just to say we acknowledge and take in uh, the calls, so many sad stories. Uh, it is the theme of our material incarceration as spiritual beings that we are not home. Our home is free from this. The land of the spiritual world of God is, is where we belong. So to take in the sufferings as an encouragement to work towards our liberation would be a very positive thing. It's put there to just help us not to relax in a place where we can never be happy. Mm. Pastor? Sure, um, I'm just hearing what the lady just mentioned now, which is called, and I'm realizing that our country is hurting. Our people are hurting. But I think at the same time, I think we really need to learn how to not wait for everything else around us for justice to be served. Like mm. the father that jumped, leaped, and he just wanted to know because he doesn't have closure. Mm. I really, I really believe that what we need as a people, particularly in South Africa, and I cannot speak for any other country or anything else, yes. anywhere else, but I believe that we need to be a people and understand that forgiveness, it's not even a mental, it's a supernatural thing that has to take place where you realize, and that's why the woman is just called now, nah, she hit it on the nail mm. to say, I had to have a supernatural, and then she didn't even need a court case, she didn't even need justice to be served. Why? There was an inner healing. Finally, Leanne. So I think it's important to know that forgiveness doesn't have a timeline and we're not mm. going to be prescriptive and say, you know, Nike, just forgive, like just do it. Mm. But I think an important like take home for me from all of this is what Viktor Frankl has said is that